sand through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to the longest days of our lives. It is day two, hour six, and I am one of your hosts, Jack Bauer, super fan, Mike Cushing. And I'm another one of your hosts, 24 newbie, Curtis Perry. And I'm your third and final host, Michael Howard, and there is no emotion here. <laughs> None. Compl- look look at her. Look at me. Look at her. Shh. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Someone's shaking in their little boots. It's not me. I'm Jack Bauer. <laughs> That's what I say. Well, guys, welcome back. Yeah. How are things? How's everybody? Happy Excellent. almost thing. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you and all of our listener. Happy Thanksgiving to you too, buddy. Because this will yeah. come out on Thanksgiving, Michael. You look confused. I, It'll be I, out on Thursday. What's Thanksgiving? It'll be it'll be out how, on that good how bird. How do you that even good bird give thanksing? It's the day in which we celebrate the fact that the colonists taught the Indians how to cultivate corn, right? So th- it's actually the day that we celebrate the indigenous people of this country giving us one Mr. Tom Hanks. <laughs> they gave us T. Hanks. T. Hanks. Did we kill them for that? Yeah. Jesus, yeah. man. Well, we thought they, we, we saw him as obviously the greatest natural resource of this country. <laughs> and we, we grew a feared that they gave him away. Yeah. And what, what else did they have it's in true. their back pocket? Mm-hmm. Like, what were they, what were they holding on to if they would just give away such power willingly? Little did we know, they were just very nice people. Yeah. And gave and gave and gave. So sad. Anyway. Anywho. Tur- it's turkey time. And uh, we opened this episode after some shit happened last week. Not a lot, because it was a boring episode. But um, at the end of last episode, we saw a helicopter crashing outside of the NROC. Uh, the ambassador from Afghanistan, maybe? Uh, he died. In a fiery helicopter crash, uh, we saw Mr. Roger Stanton arriving at the NROC and talking with David Palmer, who he had some doubts about sharing intel on second wave with the ambassador who would eventually die. Mm-hmm. Um, suspicious. We see a little suspicious. And that comes back into play a little bit. Roger Stanton, maybe not above board. Um, we saw CTU agents Tony Almeida and... Insert first name here, Richards, uh, <laughs> arrive at the Warner household to interrogate Reza Nair about his connections to a terrorist financier. And uh, Jack Bauer first warned Kim Bauer, his daughter, about the nuclear bomb, who then proceeded to kidnap a small child or set in motion the plan to kidnap a small child. And then um, we Jack Bauer learns that Nina Myers, the woman who killed his wife, is about to be granted a presidential pardon for information regarding the nuclear bomb about to hit L.A. So that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. And so before we dive into it, last week's episode ended with Jack. And I didn't think about it at the time, but I saw it today on the previously on 24. And Jack was able to get control of the Nina Myers investigation by threatening to have George Mason replaced by a district. Yeah. What, what an empty threat that is, because... If if Jack actually does get George replaced, there's no way in any f- sort of fucking world that he gets control of the interrogation. Well, I all? had the same thought, but I was thinking that maybe in there would take be take some time to replace George. So maybe they would just appoint like an acting director, which would probably be Tony. And right. Jack figures he can just run all over Tony because he's been doing it for years. 
Jack did say you'll be replaced in minutes. <laughs> so. I, well, yeah, but by somebody else. I had a different question. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is district? Oh, uh, I think we tried to break down the hierarchy of this fucking organization it's above division. Okay, okay, yeah, sure, man. I just, I, I can't remember. I mean, last season there was a lot of, a lot of drinking. Uh, so I can't remember if we'd ever met district before. Uh, actually, actually, do actually, I think division is above them. I might have misspoke. I think Ryan Chappelle is at division, and Jack is in a district office. Maybe uh, how can he report him to district? Uh, maybe sure. He's already he already is district. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's it's pretty unclear. <laughs> um, I will say that, and they're also like, there are so later in this episode they talk about going to Vesalia, which I don't really know where that is, except it's probably a little bit north of L.A. And George Mason talks about let me call Vesalia, yeah. which I assume is a pretty small town, but apparently has its own dedicated CTU district maybe, office. Maybe he was talking about like he's gonna call their police. Station? He just says, "Let me call Vasalia." So he might just be calling the mayor. I don't, I don't know, but you know how you can you can Google just yeah, the city. It's, it's you just end up in the middle of it. And they yeah. just decided maybe that's where he's going. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so just for Vasalia has a population of one hundred and thirty thousand people last okay, year. That, uh, in it's not nothing. In two in two thousand, it had ninety five thousand. Not okay. Yeah, it's not nothing. It's not big enough to have a fucking counterterrorism no. unit agent. Like agency, maybe they just presence. have one dude though in Visalia. Maybe, and he didn't. Know they who did have he a was well. So Ed later in the episode, we'll get to this, but Ed <laughs> says they'll have a full field unit and tactical team waiting for us in this town of ninety five thousand people. It might just be the entire town of Visalia is mobilized <laughs> <laughs> to find this one back. Okay, so district is district reports directly to CTU headquarters in DC, uh. and it over it covers a large area like a state. Uh, and it oversees the operation of division and other domestic. Okay, units, thank you. There we go. Thank you. That's All good. Right. So it's good. There you go. Also, Kush, I'll point out that don't, let's not forget that Albuquerque in Breaking Bad had like the greatest DEA agent on the planet as, as one of their one of their people in Hank Schrader. So who knows? Hey, by who the way, fucking up the city, I, I was know? going through. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Um, I will say though that apparently Hank shows up in this season of Twenty Four. <laughs> he did it. I saw Hank him. Did his. I forgot about that. <laughs> I saw his face in one of the Amazon preview images, which, by the way, sometimes contains spoilers. Yes. Which is, which is why I turned off the x-ray there. last season. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. All right, fellas. Hey, wait. Before we, op- we, before, we, before we get into it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about about your guys'. I can't I have the closed captioning on to make sure I don't oh, miss yes. any, any yep. dialogue. Every time. But at the beginning, when, when Jack Bauer, very clearly Jack Bauer, says the following takes place between 1 p.m. and 2 p.m., it always says man and not Jack Bauer, which mm-hmm. seems a little bit like... No, what they're telling you is that Keith Sutherland's voice is the epitome of manhood. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. That makes more he sense. Is ma- he is all that is man. They don't want to like make any... <laughs> They don't want to make any presumptions <laughs> on who it might be. It's like maybe the narrator is actually actually Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> it's not actually Jack Bauer. So, but in this universe, Kiefer does not exist. So he's, he's just, just a man. man. He's just any he's just any man. old man. Mm-hmm. All right. I I do like Curtis's theory though. That this is just the spiritual embodiment of manhood, just speaking <laughs> to us. All right. Well, we open up. It is one oh one p.m. and we see Nina Myers waiting in an, in an interrogation room. Just staring around at various cameras, we get 
uh, t- tons of split screen, and we we see Jack watching <laughs> Nina. What are you doing? You're killing me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The ticking clock, I think, was a little bit too on the nose for me. They just kept kept going right back to it. Yeah, they they want you, again. They really want you to know that hey, this is real time. Yeah, because yeah, they used an actual clock just, at one point rather than tiny clock when they were when Nina was doing her. It was like, oh, cut, mm-hmm, okay, yeah. guys, seriously, don't just stop doing it. We get it. Um, so Jack is watching Nina on some monitors, and her hands are and feet are kidnapped. Or sorry, can't even talk. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking ahead like nine times. Okay, so they have kidnapped her hands and feet. She is a hand and feetless, Damn, dude. Um, You'll get brutal. them back. You'll get yeah. these yeah, back, man. Get they these are... back when they pay the ransom. All right. <laughs> yeah, I've kidnapped your hands and feet. So um, she's dead. So pool. she's handcuffed. <laughs> she's cuffed. Um, and so George approaches Jack to inform him that Palmer is signing his pardon. They're just waiting for it to arrive. And that once it's there, Jack can start the interrogation. And Jack continues staring at the monitors, and Michelle Dessler walks over and offers Jack Nina's file. And he just says, I don't need it. And she shoots G-Mace a look and just walks away while Nina walks around her cell. And it's like, Michelle, I mean, like, I know she's just trying to help and, like, seems to be trying to build rapport with Jack, but you should know better. Yeah, no, he's in his zone. He's about to go to his happy mm -hmm. place. Yeah, and also like he knows Nina Myers better than yeah, anyone I, on this planet. I'm sure. sure. Hey, Michelle, we 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 did the fucking okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm good. Oh, also, she killed my wife. I've actually had her tattoo filed on the like tattooed on the inside of my eyelids. I see it every night when I go to sleep. I know what I know what's in that fucking file. But apparently, my, Michelle doesn't so, get that. The first thing I wanted to know was like what. What was going to happen when Jack walked into that room? Like, what was going to be the reaction from Nina? Were you expecting no reaction? Just, like, a lizard's eyes blinking at at him? Dude, she's fucking cold as hell. Like, she... No reaction for most of this episode. Yeah. I mean, Jack does get a couple reactions out of her. Yeah, but... Which I... Eventually, yes. He gets a reaction out of her, but, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because... Um, you know, once bitten, twice shy, but I don't believe her. I feel like she's faking these reactions. I, I she's faking I, it for Jack, you know. I so yeah, she I knows all about we'll doing that. that. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's put a pin in that, Michael, because I agree with you. And I think we talked about it earlier when Jack is. We'll get there because I think Jack mm-hmm. thinks he's playing Nina. I think she knows what Jack is up to. Mm-hmm. I, I think I agree with you. So let's let's move forward and we'll get to that in a minute. So we see David Palmer. He arrives at a press conference along with Lynn Kresge, who he helps out of the SUV very politely. Mm-hmm. And um, he's surrounded by a press of reporters. And one of them asks for details about the helicopter crash. And another one asks who was on board and if there are any survivors. And David just says, I can't answer those questions until the victim's families are informed. Uh, but I promise a thorough investigation will be conducted. He walks away and his assistant, Jenny, says they'll put out a statement soon, but please refrain from speculating <laughs> until the investigation is complete, which is kind of the job of the press. But, you know, to speculate and ask questions. Um, but she handles the press and David walks away with Lynn and says uh, no one puts out a statement. Keep the lid on as tight as possible. And uh, they walk back to the presidential retreat and we cut inside. We see a woman's hand holding up a compact mirror 
And we see her touching up her makeup in, her, in the mirror, just around her eye. Guys, who is it? Sherry Backhill. Mm-hmm. Sherry Palmer. Miss Sherry. Has ba- returned from Sher- the wilderness to join us at the NROC. Ms. Ms. Sherry Palmer has gotten into one of the most secure federal facilities on the planet, home to the president. And uh, she stands up and says hello. And yeah. uh, she David. She people, man. She, she's owed favors, so. Mm-hmm. So David asks how she got in without his authorization, and she says, David, we were married for many years, and many people still respect that, even if you don't. Doesn't make it okay. So, yeah, you let my ex in here? So the one who might have murderous intentions, because I didn't make it the first lady. Yeah, like, wrote, if, smooth. If anyone's going to try to kill me, it's going to be her, right? Yeah, easily. Guys, yeah. seriously. I do like that they're just, like, playing the greatest hits. We got Nina back, got mm-hmm. Sherry back. The whole crew. It's like, hey, hey, we didn't really have a full swing at at this cast of characters in season one, so let's just do it again. We'll bring (laughs) it back for for realsies. Yeah. So, yeah, so she got in because someone owed her a favor. And I think this is just confirmation that David is apparently facing a full mutiny in his entire administration. Like, someone's leaking secrets. People are just letting his wife walk around, or ex-wife, wherever they want it, wherever she wants to go. And uh, so David just says... We have nothing to talk about. You're not my wife anymore, Sherry. And he says that and Lynn or sorry, Sherry just shoots like a, a look at Lynn who's standing next to him and just says like, I need to talk with you alone. And David says, this Does is the wrong day. Lynn and Palmer been fucking? She seemed to. The look implied that. It did. It did. <laughs> also, Which, is, this is our first confirmation that they're divorced, right? Yes. I mean, because yes. I, I didn't look to see if Palmer had a wedding ring on the whole season. But, uh, you know, we didn't learn. So he was he's a divorced president. The first since uh, Jackson, I believe. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. So they don't actually sh- they used they made a pretty big habit of showing his hands, I think, in the first season. And they actually didn't in like they haven't shown his hands, even his wrists. He used to wear that like bracelet on his mm. left wrist. Um, they haven't showed either of his hands very much in this season so far. I think I don't know if that was intentional until this scene, but um. Yeah, he, so we get the first confirmation that he is actually divorced. And, uh, could have made this. David says, this is the wrong day to, to bring up your manipulations. <laughs> it made this, this Which made is me fun. so sad because this scene, this could have had so much more impact and, uh, made people more invested in Sherry if she hadn't been willing to, you know, detonate a child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally sacrifice yeah. a child for for a political gain. Like if she had just been her boss self the whole season, at the end of it would have been like, sure, you have to make the call to save this girl I don't know who's fifteen years old. That's that's fine. But the fact that she's just like this yeah. cold calculating, but she doesn't really care about children. It's like okay, well now you're horrible. Um, you know. Yeah, it's actually I I kept thinking about what would this be like if Sherry was actually David's like equal partner yeah. still and just like. What had her own set of skills and was her own badass. And like, like that, like to me, all this is better. Like if Sherry's actually in the picture, she's yep. more interesting than just being, but so David starts to walk away and she says, this is not about us. It's about your administration. And David's walking away and she stops him in his tracks by asking if he ordered a military personnel evacuation of Los Angeles. And he walks back, stares at her and says, who told you that? Sherry says, I need five minutes. So David puts a finger in her face and says, you wait here. I'll call you. And he and Lynn walk away. And apparently the military evacuation of L.A. was news to David Palmer. 
Because Lynn had no idea, and neither did Dave. News. Well, yeah, yeah, David specifically said we're not evacuating anyone. Correct. So, so to me, I said, I said, somebody. I said the Joint Chiefs are are playing this dude because Rayburn was put away before he was able to give that kind of order. So I was mm-hmm. like, but you know, he'd been talking to the, to the Joint Chiefs who wanted to go forward with the evacuation, um, and so somebody decided to do that, which is, yeah, I mean, you can do it. Right, the generals can can do what they want to do with the the military, but fuck, that's a ballsy move. I mean, eventually he's gonna hear mm-hmm. about it, right? Yeah, like, it's not gonna just go by unannounced or unknown. <laughs> just later on, he'll be like, "Wait, where are all the where are all the military personnel?" Yeah, you evacuated an entire military base. Army guy. I don't know because I mean, well, because L.A. is a port town, so it, it'd be the navy too. Like it'd be everything just leaves, and you're like, "Wait a minute now, hold <laughs> hold on a minute." <laughs> I had army, and now no army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's all gone. Yeah, I don't think I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think we had um, that in Chicago, so I don't know if we'd be able to tell. We'd just be fucked. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually looking at like so. Lynn later in the episode like specifically mentions a couple of bases. She names Camp Pendleton. Uh, I think Mugu possibly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Camp Pendleton is, I believe, by San Diego. Yeah. Yeah, why would they be evacuating not L.A.? Yeah, like, they named specifically, like, army bases or military bases that, like, weren't in L.A., and I was like, uh, okay, nuclear that's fun. Nuclear fallout, <laughs> B. Yeah, that's true. Travels. Yeah. Ain't you, ain't you never guess. seen Jericho? <laughs> no. No, I actually oh, never did. Well, Sorry, yeah, bud. Well, damn. <laughs> All right. I, I think I saw the first episode, and the guy had long hair, and I was like, I'm not into you, hippie. <laughs> It was Skeet Ulrich, so. <laughs> Skeet, which is the worst name ever. Is that his real first name? I don't name? know, man. It wasn't that bad until Lil' John fucked it up for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lil' John really did do a number on that one, unfortunately. Uh, okay, and the other one the name was Point Mugu, which is a naval air station. Uh, and again, it's about as far away as you can get from like downtown Los Angeles uh, as it, yeah, I, yeah basically about as far away as you can possibly get well so, I mean there's not a lot of military bases in downtown areas of major right. metropolitan areas fair so. but I'm just saying maybe the, the evacuation seems unnecessary but <laughs> yeah. you know it's just whatever. basically trying to um, just stick it to David maybe yeah I like, think so bitch I'm doing whatever I want you don't, uh, you don't I own control. me all these planes? Those are my planes, not your planes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a tiny clock. It is 106, and we cut to the Warner house where, uh, in the dining room, Tony Almeida is telling Reza Nair that he knows that he's been doing business with a known terrorist. He says, you're going to sit there with a straight face and tell me you don't know anything about what's going on. And Reza says, listen, man, I grew up in London. I have a Western education, and I'm marrying an American girl, a Protestant. So if you're going to racially profile me, you should at least get it right. So Tony says, Tony schooled the heard, shit yeah, out of he him. He went right to work. Tony, yeah. So he says, ever heard about the Finsbury Park Mosque? It's a prime recruiting center for Islamic terrorists in the West. Their main targets are European Muslims with Western educations who can blend into Western society. Do you know where that is? You know where the mosque is located? Your hometown, London. So tell me, Reza, how's my racial profile going now? <laughs> He's so Which, fucking smug. <laughs> He's so smug, but I don't think you can actually admit that you're racially profiling 
as you're racially profiling. <laughs> I, I'm pretty like I don't think you're allowed to say the words that like yeah I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. No, I look. I got my racial profiling right, friend. Yo, okay. Tony continues to whip his dick out at him because Ray's oh, next okay. line is, "I want a lawyer." Tony just looks at him with a straight face and says, "No, no, <laughs> just go no." no. Yeah, he doesn't say no. He does this like whisper <laughs> shout. He just no. It's no. beautiful. It's like the, yeah, the exact opposite of his yeah. No, no. It is. Is whisper shout the right word? I th- I've been trying to think of a term, and I think whisper shouting is exactly what Tony is doing here. Yeah, like his entire that. dialogue is just. Yeah. Is it a whisper okay. shout or is it a shout whisper? Whisper. Don't do that, dude. Do you shiv with Shwa- a shank or shank with a shiv? Don't, don't make a don't make a poor mm. man too there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a shisper? <laughs> Shou- well, shousper? We shousper back to the Enrock where uh, <laughs> David Palmer is going back into the situation room. And uh, he. So let me see, sorry. Um, okay. And he's walking back with Roger Stan and he asks if they found the helicopter's black box. And Stanton says no. And Palmer just wants to know how an ambassador's helicopter could be shot down over the skies of a military installation that houses the president. And uh, Stanton says, I don't know, but we'll get to the bottom of it. We have a multi-agency investigation going on right now. And Palmer wants to talk to the prime minister to dispel any rumors, although he fears that any rumors may turn out to be true because this was not an accident. And we have like a weird interaction where Stanton is like, yes, sir, I agree. I also think that the prime minister of that country was responsible. And David's like, How the like, fuck would the prime minister have blown up a fucking helicopter that was parked at the Enron? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, dude, you're the head of the NSA. You know exactly what this country is capable of. Like, you know exactly where all of their terrorist bases are. You know what their entire military is doing. You know exactly where their <laughs> operatives are in the U.S. Like, it's it's ah. here's here's what I here's what I wrote down and this is something uh that David wanted to say and that I believe is probably said in our own White House today way too many times. No one else is thinking that right now. Where did you even pull that from? That's that's <laughs> not anywhere close where we were going with this. <laughs> you completely missed the boat on this one, Raj. Yeah, and like this this line in particular makes me think that Roger is being like willfully ignorant of the situation and possibly like involved in it because he does the same shit later what he he, he doth protest too much i believe (laughs) yes so david and lynn are both like no we're pretty sure someone in washington dc tried to or assassinated this dude Mm. um to prevent him from taking american intelligence back to his government um and david says yeah he was taking that both of you thought it was questionable and Lynn says, well, if we're talking about it here, you know D.C. is also. Um, so Davids tells them to set up an independent investigator to find out who was in the loop about the entire national intelligence apparatus sharing information with an ambassador. Like, seems like everyone in that apparatus is in the loop, but, you know, Does whatever. this count as a mole in the White House? I... I I don't no. know yet because I think everyone yeah. is a mole not, against each a, other. It's not at a this mole point. when when everyone is against the president. It's an insurgency. Okay. Like and it's also, just it's, 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 a coup? It's, an, it's a coup d'état, as it were. Yeah. And also, the president might be against the president. Uh, actually, 
Because I, I don't think David hasn't done any like he hasn't made a smart move in this entire season so far as president of the United States. So yeah, like that, like they, like they I just overthrew uh, Mugabe and Zimbabwe. There was no mole there. They were just like, hey, old man, you suck. Get up, get the fuck out. Like we're done. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like I'm actually disappointed that it took us this long to do it, but you're gonna have to leave now. <laughs> yeah, we were really behind the eight ball in this one. Uh, but yeah, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, we all forgot you were really old, so just go ahead and leave, I guess. So we get tiny clock. It is one oh eight. Please take a drink. And um, at CTU, we see George Mason hand Jack Nina's pardon. And Jack promises to extract every piece of relevant I- information from Nina, quote, even the stuff she doesn't want us to know. <laughs> and George says, Jack, I don't have to remind you. The last time I let you interrogate somebody, you shot him in the heart. And then he fails to mention that Jack also cut that man's fucking head off. He left out the best part. If I was Jack, I'd be like, bro, I, I did something way cooler than All that. George cares about is that and he's George, dead, though. He didn't report that he hacked him up. Yeah. Whatever happened to his body... <laughs> You know, George. What else did I do? <laughs> what else? Go did I do, on, George. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> and part of me actually thinks that Jack might need someone to remind him that he did shoot a federal witness in the heart three hours ago, and then chopped his head off. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, one of those ends justify the means thing that um, that Jack probably just he just forgets about. Well, I'm sure. So. Goes well, back into his lockbox and his I picture, head. I picture in the off season of this, like the off season of this season, it's going to be like, so, Mister President, what's happening now, Jack? Nothing, nothing urgent. Um, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need a pardon, though. <laughs> I hear, I hear, I hear you're giving them out like candy. Yeah, you remember, yeah. remember, remember I mean, when I saved your life a couple times? Uh, gonna, gonna need killed, a favor. Killed a child molester. I mean, I had to do it, so. And then what'd you do, Jack? He did have it coming. <laughs> and then what'd you do, Jack? God damn it. Look, man, it, mm. you know, it was in the moment. And, uh, I j- the hacksaw <laughs> yeah, was there. And I, I had just started talking to my daughter like, oh, again. No, yeah. No, just gone. I mean, I, th- I think we talked about this. I, I think Jack is kind of like just a, a puppy. <laughs> like, he can only see, like, a, a very murderous puppy. But like he only focuses on like what's in front of him. Yeah. Because I honestly even think like earlier in the season, he was sad. But I think he just like was sad and didn't know what he was sad about until he actually saw pictures of Terry in the house. Like I think he was just wandering around upset. But then he like he had to be on the couch and see the pictures of Terry to actually like like oh yeah okay that's why yeah. my wife my wife is <laughs> I dead. Get I, it now. Yeah. 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 That all happened. She's been um, gone for so long. Should I eat the couch? <laughs> I should eat the couch. She would. She would hate that. <laughs> she would. Who would hate that? I don't even know where I'm. Um, so George says, "I hope I'm not making a mistake, Jack." And Jack says, "I promise you're not." And George just wishes him good luck. Jack goes inside the interrogation room, and uh, they just stare at each other for a moment. And Jack walks forward and slides the pardon towards Nina. And uh, she looks over it for a moment and just says, let's keep this simple. If you want to stop the bomb, I need to be on a plane to Visalia now. And uh, Jack says, did you pick Visalia for a reason or just anywhere outside the blast zone? And we learn that that's where her contact is. The only person who can tell them where the bomb is. And Jack Jack asks who that is. And Nina says, I'm not going to answer until we're in Visalia. Um, so what does Jack say to that? 
Uh, I, I don't later. remember exactly what he says, but he throws a table. Well, okay, so Jack just says, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fine. You don't have to answer me now. You can just sit here at CTU until the blast hits. Oh, right, right, yes. And so Nina says, stop wasting time, Jack. I'm sitting here looking at the president's signature like that means anything with Jack yeah. Bauer in the room mm. with her. And he that's says- true, he does say, yeah, but he's not here. And I yeah, am. he says, he's not here. I am. We're not moving until I think you're credible. And Nina tries to say, you know, I don't get the pardon until the bomb is stopped. And uh, Nina, Jack just calls her a traitor, says she doesn't believe in anything, that she's only selling things to the highest bidder. And then she still refuses to answer. So, Michael, what is what does Jack do? Then he throws the table and basically gets in her face. And she doesn't even flinch, man. And she just yeah. tells Jack, you and I both know that if you lay a finger on me, you're going to be off this case. So what does Jack do immediately after that? Uh, he pushes her chair against the wall and then um, basically tries to kill her by choking her out. Yeah. He, yes. As he and yells in her face. Um, he delivers one of the most vicious lines I can even remember in a movie. He says, as he's throwing her against the wall, says, you're going to tell me everything I want to know, or I swear to God, I will hurt you before I kill you, and no one will be able to stop me. <laughs> and as he delivers that line, George Mason and another agent rush in to pull Jack off the, off the case. She seems a little a little shaken by that. Just yeah. Sense. Supposedly. Supposedly. So, they walk out of the room, They cl- the guard closes the door, and Jack, or George immediately tells Jack, you're off the case because, you know, you choke slam the only lead we have who has a presidential pardon. And, like, Jack seems honestly surprised by this turn of events. Huh? But He's why? like, me? Huh? What? <laughs> but he, so he says, right now she thinks she's won the lottery, that she's in control. You want her to tell the truth? You take that away from her. You give her someone to answer to and be afraid of so she'll be more cooperative. She has to believe I'd be willing to put my revenge in front of finding this bomb. It's like, Hey, Jack, I think we all think that. <laughs> also, okay, so before when Jack had to do the thing with Marshall Gorn where he had to kill him and chop off his head. Okay, had he to. didn't had tell to. anyone. Had no, had no other options. <laughs> he didn't tell anyone it was going to happen because they would have probably stopped him. But, like, if this was actually his plan, he could have just told everyone from the beginning, like, hey, I'm going to go in there. She's not going to be afraid of me. I'm going to have to make her think. I'm going to literally rip out her insides and make her watch as she bleeds to death. Um, so just don't freak out anyone. Uh, yeah, I think so. So in the next scene, this is where uh, basically George questions if Jack is in control. And this is where Jack says, look at me. There's no emotion here. Look at her. And we look at the monitors and Nina is breathing heavily, clearly very anxious. And, I think this is, I think Jack kind of needed that sort of to be pulled out of the room and then to be able to go back in. Like he got a, he had a blank check to hurt her. Yeah. That's I think true. that might have actually. Didn't trust them to be good actors. Yeah. So George asks Jack what he's going to do next if he lets him go back in there. And Jack delivers a line that does not age very well, particularly because of the last two months worth of everything in Hollywood. And Jack says, I'm going to go back in there and show her that I have the power to do anything I want to her. <laughs> yeah. He says that I need, I need five minutes. Don't let anyone else in the room and raise the thermostat 10 degrees. <laughs> Which 
that part never really comes no. into play at all. No. Well, it just it's like the next time Jack walks in the room, Nina is very sweaty and then continues to be very sweaty throughout the rest of the episode. And that's that's it. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure Jack's going to get exactly what he wants in the next couple of scenes. But we cut to commercial. It's 114. We come back. It's 118. And we uh, are at the Warner House where oh, God, where dreams go to die. <laughs> and we see Marie Warner pouting in a room. And her sister, Kate, who has currently ruined her wedding day, walks in and t- says, we need to talk. And Marie just says, well, I'd like you to leave. And Kate says, I'm your sister. And you can stay angry with me, but we have to figure out what we're going to do. And Marie says, do about what? To which Kate says, well, we have to think about canceling the wedding. <laughs> it is. He's been in there talking. So the wedding's not for like five more hours. He's been in yeah. there for like 45 minutes now. And she's like, nah, dog, this has got to end. We got to yeah. cancel this whole I mean, thing. She wants this thing gone, obviously. But, oh, yeah. but Marie oh, yeah. overreacts. Yeah. She's such a goddamn. Oh, yeah. How old the is Marie supposed to be? Because she reacts like she's 12. Yeah. Uh, approximately 16 years old um so so we learned through this so marie accuses kate of trying to sabotage the marriage uh which kate just says no not the marriage just the wedding i just don't want the wedding to happen today we can't handle it and so we learn that so kate says once marie accuses kate of trying to control her life and always pretending that she wants to help her we learn that kate dropped out of school once Bob Warner's wife died, their mo- when their mom died. And she did everything she did to help Marie and ensure that she had a good life. And Marie says, well, you did that as an excuse to not get in a relationship of your own or have a life. So why don't you go get a life and stay out of mine? And then she rushes out of the room. So we learn that Kate is well on her way to being a worthless old spinster. Yeah. I mean, I'm a younger, I'm, I'm a young, youngest sibling, but that shit right there. That's the, that's the stuff that gets you beat up in my family. What the fuck did you say to me? <laughs> <laughs> Guess you want to take this yeah. L, son. That's all right. <laughs> that's your decision. Uh, yeah. Oh God. I, I hate both of them very badly. Like, why do yeah. they talk? Why do they... Like, whenever a Warner sister speaks, it's like they turn on this fucking whimsical filter that I just hate hearing their voice. Like, they're trying to make it sound like this this airy... Voice. Why? Why just, are you talking to me like that, Kate? Yeah, just, oh my I god, you're my sister. So much. It's, yeah, I'm they're so both concerned for you. It's like this bullshit Harlequin romance novel background music when they're talking. It's just, it's just, oh, I don't want to see any yeah, more waters. They are. Yeah, we'll have to play a clip of them for the next episode. Just like the way they talk to each other. It's like Southern Valley girls with like terrible music behind it. It's, it's awful. I feel like all of the writers are dudes, and this is how they think that sisters would talk to each other in this situation. That's actually highly plausible. (laughs) Yeah. You hit it right on the head, my friend. Because, yeah, because it doesn't doesn't make any sense. uh, It's actually almost certainly 100%. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, no, I figured it out. Yeah, it all makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's all it's all coming together. So we get a tiny clock. Please take a drink. It is one nineteen, and we cut to the hospital where Kim and Miguel are climbing one of the hospital staircases looking for Megan. And Miguel very cor- correctly asks two very important <laughs> questions. He says, how much time do we have before this nuke goes off? And what if Megan doesn't want to come with us? Mm-hmm. And guys, I was shocked to learn that Kim does not have a good answer for either of those questions. <laughs> it's like she never even thought of those things. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so they exit the stairwell and turn a corner and they see Gary in the hallway, standing outside a room, watching Megan sleep. And the doctor comes over and delivers possibly the dumbest TV medical statement of all time and says, Mr. Matheson, the MRI showed that the pressure on Megan's brain was a result of the concussion she sustained. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that that checks mm-hmm. out. <laughs> totally. Um sure. Those are yeah. And yeah, the causation. You nailed it. You did it, <laughs> also, Doc. So the cops were already there looking for Kim because Gary said that uh Kim had kidnapped them mm-hmm. and the doctor had also said that it's possible that Kim had hurt her in some way based on her injuries. And so the cops were already there, but then they're like, oh, we can't find Kim. I guess the cops should go now. They, like, never Bye. talk to Megan. They don't want to talk to the dad. And talk to Gary. Or anything. Yeah. They're just gone. It was just two cops there yeah, for I'm something gonna go ahead. I'm going to tell yeah. you all this. I just, there's, um, there is no way possible uh, that if doctors and nurses see signs of child abuse, they're going to be like, oh, we can't find the nanny. All we have is the father. I guess we're good here. <laughs> and walk yeah. away. That's nope. <laughs> There's no way it could be. The, the, this the literal first assumption for any crime is where's the dude? So just so mm-hmm. you guys know, yeah. any guys out there, where's the dad? Where's the husband? Where's any? You're the first suspect, friend, all the time. Deal with it and live with it. That's your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, don't commit crimes. Well, yeah. But mm. but like if you're even if you don't commit crimes like if your wife ends up dead they're gonna ask you some questions friend yeah and you <laughs> get angry about it yeah every it's time you know, they, uh, every Law and Order it gets angry <laughs> yeah. about it and indignant and it's like oh well it turns out he did it <laughs> what do you so don't get this angry is about my, it. this is my house I want you out of my house no just go, answer sorry. the fucking questions yeah. bro what do you suspect me now, well, did I you just, know where your this wife is was my going to be job. yes you have access to weapons to a knife well she was stabbed so. <laughs> do you have, do you have keys to the house? Yeah. Oh man, well, bro, we're gonna have to ask you some questions. Fuck you, yeah. you pieces of shit. Well, here's the thing: <laughs> is that like pretty much every crime comes down to like motive and opportunity, right? Those are like the first two things they look for, and like the the husband is all or the father is always has motive and opportunity. Yeah, like nine times out of ten, it's 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 the husband or father. So yeah, even yeah. with kidnapping, like I don't understand why. So yeah, so it makes it makes no sense that in this hospital the cops would come in and be like. So you say your nanny abused the child, sir. It's terrible. And they didn't mm. ask the doctor, what about the other injuries she sustained, how old they could possibly be, and then how long you had the nanny? Oh, just just a month. Well, that's interesting. I mean, look at this straight. There's a 115-pound white girl. <laughs> okay, yeah. Nope. Well, then Checks also, out, sir. And then we're going to so, so, track her down. So Gary's like, okay, that's, you know, we just want to go home. Want to take her home, want her to be safe. And she's like, yeah, no, we can't let her leave because of the injuries sustained, so we need to, like, keep an eye on her and blah 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 and then she just leaves him alone with her he's like we can't let your daughter go because she might have been abused not saying by whom but by somebody so now i'm going to leave you alone bye oh bye also by the way don't use your cell phone in the hospital it might interfere with the equipment bye yeah bye don't use your cell phone but totes just the door's right over there we're like on the first floor so see you later See ya. Um, so he immediately uses his cell phone to call his secretary, Chelsea, to book two tickets to Mexico City. And uh, she says, well, you have a meeting. He says, cancel it. And then uh, 
he walks back into the room, and Megan's first question to him is, are you still mad at me? Which is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and he pulls the ventilator tube off of her face and says, uh, get dressed. And then we cut back to Nina Meyer. Going to Mexico! Man, it's time this, it's time this show got out of LA. I'm glad. <laughs> um, we cut back to Nina Meyer at CTU. We get a tiny clock. Please take a drink. It is 121. And, uh, Nina is sweating pretty profusely. So obviously the, uh, raised thermostat is doing its good work. And, um, Jack enters the room and asks, ask Nina, who's your contact at Vesalia? And she doesn't say anything. She just sits there. So what does Jack do? Oh my God. Oof. Takes out the old nine. Fires. <laughs> and pops two shots on each side of Nina's head. Impressive. Into the Impressive wall. grouping. Blah, blah. So but like, she. But like, what happened to the bullets? They bounce off of things, don't they? They went, they went into concrete. the concrete. And they just, that's it? They're just there? They just went into yeah. the wall. Hmm. I mean, she probably got some shrapnel. Whatever. I mean, it's concrete. It's not... Concrete doesn't... It absorbs pretty well, you'd think, right? There's not much bounce off of that. It's not metal on metal. I guess that's true. I guess that's it's true. A, it's... All things considered, Also, depending on the porous. type of goddamn bullet they have. You got those those shits that break up into fucking just shrapnel pieces that are murder machines. S- something tells me Jack is not using hollow points. <laughs> Homeboy's loaded for bear. <laughs> anyway. So... She immediately answers that her contact is someone named Mahmoud Fahin. Mm-hmm. And Jack says, that's not news. We've already got his name from Joseph Wald. And Nina insists, like, well, I'm the only one who can reach him. And uh, we learned that Fahin introduced Nina and Joseph Wald to each other so Nina could sell the schematics. And Jack asked how she could possibly do that, knowing that it would lead to a nuclear strike. And she says, I didn't know about that. That was before me. I only learned about a, I heard rumors about a larger plan involving Fahin right before I was arrested. And Jack slowly walks forward and puts his pistol directly to her head and asks where Fahin is. And shockingly, Nina says, uh, I'm not going to tell you because as soon as I tell you, I'm dead and my pardon isn't worth very much. She has a, she has a pretty good yeah. point. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good point. Because literally actually, the only reason that she is alive and pardoned is because she has this information. Correct. I mean, I imagine... Yeah, like, I'm actually fully... Yeah. I imagine myself in a video game in a situation, right? You lived through the first season and your wife was murdered by this woman who, who betrayed you. And she gives you... If she gives you all the information you need mm-hmm. and all the game does is give you the option of, of kill or let live. Well, no, it's not even a... a yeah, I'm pulling that trigger. Can I do it slower? Mm-hmm. I mean, just, yeah. I'm going to kill her. <laughs> Especially Jack has already, not 10 minutes previously, threatened to hurt you before I kill you. <laughs> so That's true. He was aiming the gun at her head. Um, and he had already told her that, that, would, that she wasn't going out that easy. No. She knows the pain train a-coming. <laughs> <laughs> and not quickly. Mm-hmm. Not at the speed of bullet. Um, so we get a tiny clock. It's 123. Please take a drink. We cut back to the NROC where we see Roger Stanton talking quietly to a group of uh, advisors about the civilian response in L.A. And we see Lynn Kresge walking past them to David Palmer where she confirms that Sherry was actually correct. There is a military evacuation under or underway as of an hour ago. And we learned that it was ordered by Mr. Roger Stanton. Because you know how the head of the NSA gives orders to the military? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
we have it on pretty good authority that the NSA doesn't make any decisions at all. The head of the NSA. No, absolutely not. So, so David is a little flabbergasted and he tells Lynn to countermand the evacuation on his order and tells all forces to return to their base immediately. And he walks away and summons Santa into his office. And this is where Lynn requests contact information for Camp Pendleton Point at Mugu. And uh, in his office, David says that he just got word that military forces were being moved out of L.A. And Santa says, yes, Mr. President, on your orders. I was implementing the plan. I thought you ordered it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Stanton is just like a snake in the grass, like playing dumb here. But like he's playing beyond dumb. Like he's if Kim had done this, I would be like, that's a little far fetched. It's almost too dumb for Kim. <laughs> right. Um, Because like he knows that Rayburn was fired for subordination and doing things beyond behind the president's back. So he just takes Eric Rayburn's word at face value that the president wanted this without double checking right. it or getting any written authorization from the president. But I'm truly sorry. I'm truly sorry. Yeah, no, it's inexcusable. Yeah, sure. I mean, Raj. he put up a solid regret face, but at the same time, you just questioned all my decisions of the past hour. I'm gonna, and mysteriously, we've had a helicopter crash and a military evacuation since then. Guess what, Roger? Mm-hmm. You can go fuck yourself, buddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got my eye on you, Raj. Uh, not, not a lot, a whole lot of trust built between us. So he apologizes and then leaves. And, uh, David calls Sherry and says, I'll meet you in 20 minutes. And we cut back to the hospital where Gary is helping Megan get dressed so they can leave the hospital. And he assures her that he loves her and that he's sorry that she was hurt. And he says, we're leaving. And if anyone tries to talk to you, just pretend that you're asleep, which is a pretty buck wild thing to say to a nine year old. <laughs> Um, so I just wrote, this fucker needs to die, and then and then I realized that that would be too nice, and so I decided he needs to die after he has his balls chopped off. Mm-hmm. 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 Literally every interaction w- between him and Megan Matheson, like, viscerally upsets me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... It's rough. It's, you know... You- this little girl does such a good job of, like, evoking, like, fear of a person... In all of her scenes, and it makes me very sad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, not like I, I never want to see fear in my kids' eyes when they look at me, and the fact that he's like, you know, he gets off on it almost, and then his next decision is to take his daughter to Mexico, apparently, um, to get away from his own prosecution. Yeah. I, I, you fucking suck, Gary. I, I hate you. Well, so much. this also, well, calls actually, the question: Where's Carla? Because he only well, bought two she's tickets. She's an enabler, man. She's going to stay at the house. Well, here's a question, and I'm on, I'm honestly asking because I don't remember. Does Gary want to get to Mexico City, not just to escape legal troubles, but to escape this bomb? Do we think Gary knows no, about this bomb? No, I, okay. feel, I don't know. I mean, he seems way too fucking just off kilter to be a part of a plan. He's so on edge about everything. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I think the Mexico City thing is, if he was trying to get away from the bomb, he could go literally anywhere. I think the fact that Mexico yeah. City, he's just trying to escape prosecution. Prosecution? Yeah, Curtis, to your point. Well, so, yeah. And that's, yeah, I mean, 
so yeah, there basically there's the hospital doesn't want to let her leave, but they've left her completely unguarded, and so now we have competing Megan napping plans yeah, so, going on. Yes, yeah, so, so yeah, we'll get it. So right before they can leave, a nurse comes to the door and like calls into it that Gary has a phone call at the nurse's station, and I don't know about you guys, but every interaction I've ever had between a nurse and myself at the hospital, they're coming right through the door. Mm-hmm. They're not calling from outside. Um, so Gary tells Megan not to move. And then he pulls the curtain around her bed and they, he walks out to the, the station and he picks up the phone. And we have a phone call from someone from the hospital in accounts receivable saying that the computer crashed and they need that they need Gary to share his personal information again. And, but he so never as, says where he's from, where, what billing, what accounts he, receivable. And Gary just like, yeah, sure. Here's all of my. Well, so he doesn't say he kind of implies it later that he's with the hospital. But as as the person is saying this, we see Kim duck behind an orderly's cart and hustle toward Megan's room. And then we cut to see that it is Miguel on the other end of the line talking to Gary. And I'm just going to go as someone from a cat's receivable. Named Trey Williams, correct. (laughs) And I'm just going to go ahead and take this as definitive proof, Michael, to your point about which accounts receivable that. This is not the first time that Miguel has scammed people out of their personal information and credit card <laughs> yes. information at this hospital. No, no, he's, he's done he's this before. Practiced. He's yeah. a practiced learned man. <laughs> yeah, he's done this before. So we see Kim duck into Megan's room. She pulls the curtain aside and smiles at Megan. And she asks if Megan trusts her and tells her that she wants Megan to come with her. Because all I all I can tell you is that I love you and I want you to be safe. And Megan looks around for a little while and doesn't answer. And then finally says, okay. And then we cut back to the station where Gary abruptly ends the call and walks back to Megan's room to find Megan gone. And there's a nurse walking past and he asks her where Megan went. And she says, I don't know, maybe she might have been taken to radiology. And Gary says, we'll just find out where she is. And I don't want to defend Gary here because he's an (laughs) asshole. But the nurse basically looks at Gary like... He'd asked her to like kill someone. Yeah, no. By she, tra- she gave him all the attitude. Yeah, it's like I can't believe you'd ask me to help you find a nine-year-old child who suddenly disappeared without orders and like to nowhere. <laughs> to be to be fair, she's seen that he's seen Gary's level of dick. So that's and true. She's not doing it for no that's reason. True. He's been an asshole. So it's not like yeah, and you know, not yeah, fresh. That's so. fair. <laughs> so. So she walks away, Gary smashes his fist against the hospital room door, and we cut to commercial, it's one twenty eight. we come back, it's one thirty three. We see uh, Kim leading Megan down the stairs and asking her to trust her, and then all of a sudden, Miguel jumps through a door into the stairwell in front of them and startles them, and Megan immediately starts crying, um, because she's afraid that her father will hurt her. Um, <laughs> she says, I've changed my mind, I don't want to go anymore. I don't want to do this anymore, and... Kim just says, we're leaving because your dad hurts you and your mom can't stop him. So we're leaving with us right now is the only way we can stop him. And she's just yelling at Megan, like yelling at the crying child, which is always a great move. Mm. And this whole scene, I just, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. I just scribbled. I stopped taking notes. I just scribbled and then drew a little stick figure getting his brains blown out because that's what I wanted to happen. Yeah. So basically. We see Gary yelling at the nurse some more to find me, find his daughter for him. Uh, Megan is told by Kim to just calm down and breathe so they can leave. Suck and it up, just, Buttercup. Pretty much, Megan asks for her mom, and Kim just 
pulls her down the stairs and they exit the stairwell to see a guard covering the exit and they duck into a supply closet to hide until he passes. So we cut back to CTU. We got a tiny clock. It is one thirty-four. Please take a drink. And uh, George informs Jack that they have a team in Vasilia with more, more agents arriving for Fresno. And uh, he tells Jack that an agent from division named Ed Miller will be accompanying them. And how far is Vasilia from L.A.? Good question. Great question. Great because question. Because they're getting on a plane. Why not a helicopter? I think it's pretty yeah, far it's north. South of San Francisco, uh, London, I believe. Uh, no, okay. it's uh, it is a hundred hundred ninety miles. Oh. Okay, Just a, yeah. worth worth a flight. Yeah, worth worth a plane. Yeah. Um. So, uh, basically, George tells Jack that Ed Miller is going to be there as a babysitter to uh, ensure that <laughs> Jack keeps Nina alive. Yeah, ensure <laughs> that you don't immediately murder her as soon as we capture this dude in Vesalia. So George just kind of like, er, sorry, sorry, sorry. Jack says, George, do you really think I'd sentence millions of people to die just for the satisfaction of killing her? And there was an implied. Yeah. There wasn't implied today at the end of that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> and George like kind of just like takes a moment and like considers that and like kind of stares off into space, like looking at the ground and then just kind of like gives like a non-committal head shrug. Just mm-hmm. kind of Jack. Yeah, yeah I do nah, think that. Tot- totes. Yeah, no, I, we, you, you're going to do we, that. We I all know it. Yeah. Jack, that was, it's in the, <laughs> it's in the pool here at the office. We we're all pretty sure you're going to kill her. That's yeah. I I actually have a hundred dollars on you to kill her before the day is out. Um. So Jack says I'll do my job, and Georgia says, "Well, we're sending Mason along to make sure you do that." And they walk away. He's gonna have to, quote unquote, dismiss Miller at some point. Well, I'm sure that won't happen before the end of this episode. (laughs) Um. So Jack puts a bag over his shoulder, and they're walking out after Nina, and he sees George coughing some more, pretty violently. And he just says, George, just go home and be with your family. And George says, why don't you go to that plane? <laughs> and J- Jack promises to call him once they're in the air. So we got a tiny clock. It's 136. Um, and I, I just, I like these interactions between, just, between George and Jack. Like they clearly mm. don't like each other, but I think they both like recognize the stress that each one is under. A and begrudging are like, respect, I think. Yeah. It's, it's building. Um, so we see Sherry lounging in a chair at the end rock, drinking coffee and snacking on cherries, I think. Um, and David asks how she, he walks in and asks how she knew about the military evacuation. And Sherry just says, I made some phone calls, but I can't tell you more than that. <laughs> and David, David tries not take, to swing that dick around. David does not take that for an answer. No, he, he presses her. Basically says you're gonna tell me, and she's like, "Yeah, nah, you, you, you're not, you're not who you nah, think son, you are, bro." It's okay. Well, he also says you're not who you think you are because he <laughs> says, "She says I'm not a member of your staff, David. I'm your wife." And he says, "Ex-wife, and you will tell me because the safety and security of this country is more important than any of your power plays." God. And yeah, this whole thing is like. Sherry, she's like, David, everything that's happened, despite all that, I still love you. I always will. And everything I've done is in your best interest. If you won't give me a second chance at your heart, at least let me help you in the no- in the ways you know I can. <laughs> By and fondling them nuts. Them bows. Hey, hey. And I have a way to ruin a bunch of scenes for you guys moving forward. And I'm sorry. 
I have to do it yeah, because go for it. I, I heard it and I can't unhear it. Um, yeah. Sherry actually, much like our friend Stuart Gilligan Griffin, um, pronounces the H's in words that begin with WH. Oh, and fuck. it is fucking majestic. She cannot say, she, she says what and whether and when. And you're like, what? Why? <laughs> I, Hey, Curtis, now that I think about it, do you think that's why she earned a role on The Orville, Seth MacFarlane's new show? He's the doctor. She, he, Seth MacFarlane was like, that's fantastic. Thank you. You embody what I want someone that's to it. do when they pronounce a W word, so go for it. I have fi- I finally met you. Um, so Sherry says, let me help you in the nose, in the ways that you know I can. And I can't help you unless you give me some idea about what's happening here. And David hesitates. And Sherry rolls around and says, hey, I was able to find something your staff couldn't. I know what I can do for you. I'm not here of my own accord. Sorry, I'm here beyond my own accord, not because I had to be here. And she walks away. And then in a reveal that makes me think David might be the mole within his own organization, (laughs) he immediately tells Sherry that there's a nuclear bomb going off in L.A. today. And let's keep we got to keep a tight lid on it. Oh, by the way, I'm going to tell this woman who I don't trust at all and who has been known to leak everything to the press. And who is my is no longer my wife and therefore has no like reason to not share everything that she mm. knows with other people. Um, so he says, talk to me, Sherry. Sorry, Curtis. No, I didn't you're good. You you're good. You're perfectly fine. Okay. <laughs> he says, talk to me, Sherry. And she says, a high level member of the Department of Defense informed. Sorry. So she reveals that she got her information from a high-level staff member of the DOD who owed her a favor. And while the military evacuation was important, she knows something more important. That there is an alliance within David's own cabinet to take control of his presidency. And David asks who they are, and she says, I don't know. Just people who disagree with your policies and want to impose their will on the country. There have been backroom promises made and deals made. And she says, I can keep digging if you want my help. And David says, he pounces his fist on the desk and stands up and straightens his jacket and says, if I accept your help, this isn't about us. It's about what's best for the country. And Sherry just has a great, <laughs> great line back to him. Do what do you want to say? Or no? Oh, sweetheart, you can call it <laughs> anything you want. She is the yeah. best. I yeah. love. I'm so glad Sherry's back. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited for what she's what she's gonna bring to the table. Cause it just it yeah. fucks up David's world so much. Um, he's just like, oh yeah. no, no, I was, it was, I had it. I was the man, right? Everybody respected me, and now you're, yeah, fuck, mm-hmm. you're gonna. Yeah, she's Damn got it, him you... by the balls too. Yeah. Like, like she, he has no choice but to let her help him, and she yeah. knows that. And that's like the worst position to be in uh, against Sherry, knowing that you need her help. Yeah. It's like a tiger having you by the balls, which is <laughs> the, the wrong position to be in in that, in that power equation. Well, uh, so David says, I'll give you a secure line and a private place to make all the calls you need and just tells her, this better not be you trying to manipulate me. Not today. The stakes are too high. And he walks out and leaves Sherry looking on pretty pleased with herself yeah she has a little a little smile 
You know what? She is way too pleased for her with herself for someone who just found out that there's a nuclear bomb in the country. Is it yeah. where Sherry is? Who the true. fuck does she point. care? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. She was going to let Kim die. So she's like, my kids aren't there. I'm not there. I don't give a fuck. Couldn't give a shit. Well, we cut to commercial. We come back. It is one forty three, And uh, we see, outside the Warner household, Riz Ani's parents arrive. And uh, <laughs> it's just, I don't, I don't understand. They did it again. They did it again, Kish. What they do? So, but? so big pop, pop, pop Warner um, sees mm-hmm. sees Riz's parents and says, "I'm on the phone with Grandma. Uh, hey, can Kate, you go handle, go handle this? this? <laughs> which one? Which Kate. one? You're not on the phone with Grandma. You son of a bitch. I know you're not. Anyway, but also, why did you let Kate do it? Kate." Doesn't understand how to talk to people and give them either bad information or tell white lies that can make them feel better about the current situation. She doesn't have it in her. Yeah. You've you've displayed so much diplomacy (laughs) and aplomb so far in this season. I'd like you to go handle the the parents of the young man who is currently being interrogated by the CT. I jokingly wrote at the beginning of this scene, oh, hi, racist parents. I got your son arrested for being a terrorist. (laughs) And as a joke, I wrote that, and then that's literally what she said in the first 30 Kate seconds. Kate is an automatic transmission yeah. of stupidity. Like, she can't stop but go forward. Like, she keeps, it, she makes it worse on each successive shift, right? She's just like, she's like, she's like, hey guys, how's it going? Why don't we go sit in the living room? Where's Reza? Oh. Well, r- not in the living room. room. He's, he's actually behind. He could the, literally be anywhere else. He could be right? out getting lunch. That's he what could I was, be helping. That's the first thought. Jose with the fucking yeah, flowers. He's, he's, he's anywhere well, but right here. But nope, she can't do it. We, she's talking to the government. Who's he talking to? About, about? terror? A criminal investigation? Okay, <laughs> into terrorism. Shit. Okay. Um. <laughs> it's. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm sure we'll figure it out. Yeah. I, so to me, the best part about this scene was when they walk in the door and like one, they were oddly happy to see Kate, which I can't imagine anyone actually no. being. But then they just kind of like pan the camera to the right and we just see Agent Richard standing there with like <laughs> a deer in headlights look on his face. Like, like he's uncomfortable knowing <laughs> yeah, he what's does about to happen. short of shrugging at them being like, huh? Yeah, it's like, Ooh, yeah. Uh, so they, so Kate just says it'll be fine, and Bob walks in to tell Mr. Anir that the agent showed up about an hour ago and they don't know anything else. So we come back to the hospital where Miguel is checking through the blinds and sees the security guard still waiting. And then he just says, Kim, meet me in the parking lot and wait 10 minutes before you leave. And Kim gives him a smooch, and Miguel walks out of the hiding place and just brilliantly grabs a computer monitor and runs away with it. To pull the guard away. Well, to was, allow... Sorry, go on. I was, I was very confused by what was going to happen because he, he says, you know, give, give me 10 minutes and if I'm not there, it means they caught me. And I was like, I just, they don't even know to be looking for you. Like, what would they catch you for? And then immediately I was like, oh, I get it. The worst plan ever. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, so the the security guard is approximately 290 pounds. <laughs> Miguel is a lithe young man. He grabs the monitor and then, like, holds on to it, knowing that he's not going to... Like, for a little while, I thought he was actually going to steal this computer monitor. Like, he held on to this thing 
for about five minutes. Like, he just... He was like, you know what? Um, While this is going down, I may as well use this credit card information I got and uh, get me a new monitor. (laughs) Yeah, like, he held it. Like, all he needed to do was take the monitor visibly for the guard to see and then go away. Like, but he kept this monitor for minutes and minutes. And then he finally throws it in a dumpster eventually. And we see Kim and Megan slowly make their way out of the, out of the closet into the parking lot. And who notices them from the third yeah, floor? Yeah, just the right time. As they walk Gary in. looks out the window of his, of, of, of Megan's room to see that Kim and Megan are in the parking lot. Super yeah. cool. Love it. Love everything about that. He runs down to start to, he runs out of the room to catch them. And we get a tiny clock. It is 148. Please take a drink. And we see an armored black Humvee van driving through the streets of LA. And we cut I inside think it's to a see. Humvan. Humvan. Yeah, you're right. Good call. It's a weird ass uh, looking fucking thing. Like, why didn't they just take a normal, like. It's a black armored Humvee with a, like, camper top <laughs> welded onto it. Um, <laughs> It's actually, Curtis, it seems like a pretty good place to have a mobile bachelor party. <laughs> he did it. He did it. He called it. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Only, only but a goodie for you. What are you, what are you watching back there? Yeah. A uh, little, little, little action from, from a, from a, a very, very young tomato, Mi- tomato young. Hankfield. At first I thought, at first I thought it was Buzz it Buddies. And then I was, I was really excited. You don't go, you don't go, Mr. Mr. Tam Hogs. Buddies until Jack gets a partner. Can't can't do that, right? Well, but we're right before a wedding, Michael. You know how, yeah. right? So I was like, right that's true. Oh, we gotta we gotta we gotta get the bachelor party in. Obviously, there's this is Ray's bachelor party. Him, Tony, and Richards. So that's why. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Three good butts romping through the streets. Well, Michael, you know on trends and low places how I, I talked previously about how my my greatest goal in life is to learn what happened at my <laughs> father's bachelor party. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he w- he did once tell me, he asked me, have you ever seen Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks? I was like, yeah, it's pretty buck wild. He's just like, that was pretty tame compared to oh, what happened it, at my party. Just let me, I want to hear the tale. <laughs> I We don't have to talk about it ever again. <laughs> Dude, I, Curtis, I want to hear the tale. I don't know. He refuses to tell me about it. He won't even write it in a journal and leave it in a safe deposit box for me to find Does upon his Did your father want some money from my wallet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll pay him for it. I I've only asked him. He might actually take money now. I don't know. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna pull all of all of the all the money together for, from all of our friends, and uh, we're gonna tell him we won't tell you. Ooh, start start actually start a Patreon to <laughs> there it is get <laughs> my dad's bachelor party story out and never tell me about it. <laughs> Um, so we see, we, inside the hum van, we see Jack, Nina, and Ed, uh, riding around. Ed is a bald, mustachioed man. And Nina and Ed are sweating profusely in the back of this truck. Um, and Nina tries to strike up conversation with him. And he just says, don't bother Nina. I'm here because I have to be, not because I'm your friend. And Jack sees Ed sweating and gives him a water bottle. And Nina continues to, like, kind of try to provoke Jack through conversation with Ed, like, talking about what's going to happen when Jack tries to draw down on Ed, because Ed's clearly no match for Jack, and Jack just needs to know better that he's still got his daughter left alive and just needs to go and protect her rather than trying to get his revenge on 
Anena. I love how and- she thinks that Jack isn't going to get away with killing her. She's like, oh, if you kill me, you're going to end up in jail for the rest of your life. What? Yeah, or, the, or that what? Miller yeah. won't, won't help that. him. Like, Miller doesn't appear to give a fuck. He's just there. He's an old dude. He's going to be like, what happened? Jack hit me in the back of the head. And then, or Nina fell down a goddamn ditch. What? Yeah. She yeah. fell. We didn't. She fell down the stairs like seven times. We kept saying, hey, stop falling down the stairs. And she kept falling down the stairs. She fell really hard onto these bullets and also the couple knives. Like, I know know this movie came out. This the show uh, was in 2002, right? And this, and then Glorious Bastards came out later. But all I kept thinking was the Aldo Rain Hans Hans Landa scene where he's like, you will be, you you will be fired. You will be court martialed for this. No, she probably just chewed out. I've been chewed out before. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah like that's like, literally all that's gonna happen also, like and- she says she says that because of the pardon for her that that's why he would spend the rest of his life in jail except no one else knows right. about the pardon it's a shadow asylum right. that's so and like, also like david palmer likes jack he's right. not gonna be like well all right yeah you i'm did not it. gonna pre- the president will just pardon yeah, him. i'm not gonna pretend that i that i know anything about our government agencies, but I I tend to believe that they give negative fucks about about uh you know a fucking spy who who doesn't get her pardon after giving us all the yeah. after we save the after save the city major city from nuclear blast. Did you kill her after that? God damn it, Jack! That's just too far. We can't have that. Uh, people are people gonna are gonna, have to gonna suspend know that. you with pay for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, this is a nation that literally sends murder robots to kill people it doesn't care about civilian casualties as part of that so i don't think you're gonna win this one nina it's never gonna be justice for you you're just gonna die yeah, it's just a weird <laughs> a weird light of thought like especially like she's trying to convince another agent like to protect her i don't know but we got to commercial we come back it's 154 and we're back in the warner dining room where race on oh, continues. yeah i can't wait this actually is a good scene it I like is i do <laughs> So Reza continues to deny his transfer of money into Syed Ali's bank account. And Tony tells him, well, you better tell me who did, or I'm going to take you to CTU. And Reza asks why Tony is pressing him. And Tony says, I just had a bunch of friends die doing their best to protect the citizens of this country from the same people that you're funding. And Reza just says, I didn't do it. It's not me. And then Reza looks up and he sees his mom and dad out on the lawn. Hugging, they're clearly distressed, knowing that Reza's being interrogated by federal agents. And Tony sees that, <laughs> tells him to stand up, place his hands behind his head. He oh, cuffs we him. gonna we gonna perp walk? Like, did right? In so front did of your Tony parents. press his boss button before this? Happened? Like, did he just decide, no, I'm going to boss mode. Like he. Part of me thinks Tony knows that his he thinks that his Cubs mug broke. Oh shit! And he's just. He had the last thing that he loved taken from him. <laughs> he's got nothing to live for, man. Okay. It he's makes pissed. sense because he's just been on point this episode. Yeah. You know, to, to when he told George to go fuck so himself says, last episode when he's going to talk to Reza in the first place. So now he's just he's just murdering mm-hmm. the game right now. Mm-hmm. I love it. Tony, Tony is murking fools left yeah. and right. So, so it was, you know, I mean, the soul patch was holding him back. True. Yeah. It was probably sucking his soul out. And now he's got it back. <laughs> So the thing is, what if the soul patch was actually some sort of arcane like sigil that was containing all of Tony's power? Someone oh, no. else put the soul patch on Kush, him to Kush, contain Kush, Tony's you, power. Did you oh, literally shit. just use a subplot from Bleach the anime? 
I didn't, but now that we're talking about it. Please, God, no. <laughs> I was going more of a supernatural thing. That also is, yeah, that's, well, they didn't use that to contain powers. It was just to hide them from an angel. Okay, yep, go nerdy. I'm going to drink. I was mostly just aware of arcane sigils. I have a nerd containing problem. things that were meant to bit. be locked away. Okay. Uh, hey, what? You? My friend so, Curtis? Yeah. No. It's, it's issue. Like, any 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 kind of, like, series of book, TV, or movies that has lore, I go pretty hard on the lore. Uh, I'm ashamed yeah. of myself a little bit. Curtis, just just to be fair and to bring you back down to earth, I did bring it up. <laughs> True. <laughs> there you go. I feel... You're, feel, you're, you're feel, a monk feel friend. Better about it. I feel better about it, friend. Also, side note, so, uh, I still have not seen a minute of trailer footage from Star Wars. Gotta love it. Wow, good for yeah, you. Yeah, we, we oh. went to see Thor. We went to see Thor, and when it came on, we just covered our ears and sang songs the entire time because we didn't want to hear or see anything. Yep. Fuck that. <sighs> you made yeah. the right choice. I wish I didn't know it. I saw one trailer, and nope. I am mad I mean, at myself. I don't understand why I'm they need to kill it for Star Wars anymore. You just put, hey, there's nah. a Star Wars movie coming out in December. That's it, man. That's that's the, that's the it's line. Like, Hey, you guys remember lightsabers and X-wings and shit? It's, they're back. We're gonna do it again. Hey, guys, every every year, every every yep. Christmas for the next two years until infinity. Congrats, you got Star Wars. It's it's yep. coming. Want to show up? Cool. If not, you're still gonna see it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Y'all saw the prequels, so you're gonna see anything. Yeah, it's true. Jar Jar's not in this one, or maybe he is. Oh, Fuck you. You'll find out. <laughs> no, never again. So Tony. Tony pulls Rice up and says, Oh man, it's gonna be a shame to have to break your parents' heart by walking oh. walking you right past them so they can see who their son is. And he handcuffs him, and he just as he goes to pull Reza back towards the door, Reza says, Wait, I confirmed the transfers, oh. but I didn't make them. So you did know something, you stupid little oh. bitch. I was I was just covering the records because I didn't want to get him into trouble. Who him? Who, who, who him? is who you covered for? Who Big transferred the Papa money to Syeda Lee? Bob Warner. Pop Warner, Marie's father. Gentlemen, this plot has <sighs> just got the thickening. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Do you believe Reza? I don't know. I don't. Because it's very I, well, convenient. So right at the end of the episode, he gives a little face that I don't like. He gives a face to, Mar- to yeah. Kate, though. Yeah, because... Because she knows that she's the one that called the CTU on him. I don't, but I don't know. So the reason, the reason I think Reza is telling the truth is, so we'll get to this in a moment, but um, actually, fuck it. The next scene is all about Kim and Megan. Yeah, I don't care. Um, so <laughs> when we them. come back to the to the house, we see Bob, like Reza is let go. He's hugging his parents in the, for- in the foyer of the house, and Bob is sitting next to him. Like, pensively looking on with one finger over his, like, mouth, like, looking on kind of worriedly, like, kind of wondering what Reza mm-hmm. might have said to Tony to get Because yeah, you know he was talking so, to those people rather than Grandma. He was talking to, talking to, yeah. talking to them <laughs> folks. So now he's a little yeah. concerned. Yeah. Um, so before we get to that, though, real quick. Um, so after after oh. we learned that Bob Warner, it's 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 worth it, talking it is, about. Because here, I'll go through this horse shit for you, Kush. I don't need you to do this. This is this is mean and cruel, and nobody needs to talk about it. Uh, so thank you. So Kim is taking <laughs> Megan through the parking lot. Um, Megan does not feel well because she's a child who has uh, a brain injury and and is, mm-hmm. uh, and, and actual and actual uh, compression of her of her brain. Uh, so that's great news. Just take her out of the hospital. 
Um, she's not feeling very well. Uh, Kim trying to make her feel better and is running through the parking lot randomly since they have no actual escape plan, essentially. They don't have a car to take or anything like that or any cab coming for them. She's just waiting for Miguel for 10 minutes in the parking lot. Uh, all of a sudden, as she's, as she's backing up, Megan screams because she sees her dad behind her and Gary fucking pops up. Fucking Gary's there. Uh, fucking Gary, fucking, fucking Gary. Gary, uh, fucking threatens Kim. Then he strikes Kim. And pushes her down. Grabs, grabs her, her by, her by the, the hair. hair. He grabs her by the pushes hair. Pushes her down. And then, and then who shows up, y'all? It's Miguel. Miguel. Michael. Miguel. And, in, his, in, in Hispanic. <laughs> yes. In Hispanic, so, as it were. So, Curtis, ju- just to continue. Uh, so, Gary stands up for a fist fight. What does Miguel, Miguel do? Miguel brings them feet to that fist fight. And spin. Roundhouse. Sp- now, a roundhouse is just a, 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 it's a spinning back kick. What he hits him with there? Right. Nope. <laughs> Still not around. <laughs> house you say, round. You, say, you, you can say roadhouse if you want to. You can't say road. Roadhouse. <laughs> roadhouse. He he swings him he, real good. So yeah. So 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 Gary swings that fist and Miguel swings that foot and that foot won. And and Gary Gary Dude. goes down. Well, after two kicks, Gary been knocked the fuck out oh yeah <laughs> okay gary has now been knocked unconscious twice today speaking of concussions yeah, he's, he's uh he's got some serious brain um, um also and speaking miguel sorry, is on, no rick miguel's no. goddamn assassin miguel and mm-hmm. it was it was precise too miguel wasn't just these were just oh, these yeah. were just flailed kicks y'all he was he he ducked a punch and then hit two kicks in succession to knock gary the fuck yeah. out yeah Spin kick and then a kick to the chest to knock Gary out. Um, so yeah, so Miguel, he's got martial talent, musical talent, some other talent, I'm sure. Cause Con a triple threat. Talent. Yeah, I love this guy. Oh man, he, yeah, social engineering talent. I kind of <laughs> like Miguel now. Um, but so the second time Gary gets knocked unconscious, we see Megan. So Kim and Miguel just hug for a little while. And then Megan just like stares at the body of her prone father, like realizing that Oh, he can be hurt. Right. I think it, is it, what she, I gathered was, from she that. Was a little, he bleeds. She was a little bit, but she was, I think, essentially happy that, yeah, he's he's also human. And then uh, yes. our intrepid Kim decides that kidnapping, oh, that's not enough, y'all. No. As, in, 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 the word, in, the words, in the words of the immortal Eazy-E, it's all about making that GTA. And she mm-hmm. decides that she Get needs to keys. steal Gary's car. And tells Miguel to well, get them keys. she's not going to leave it in L.A. It's going to get blowed up. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's a nice Lexus. You can't nice, just let it. I mean, it's a decent car. You got to take that shit. Yeah. Make it safe. Okay. Make Sorry it, to take that second from is you. It, is it safe? I, need, I didn't want you to talk, have to talk about Kim that much more. That's just, you know, it's me. Hey, man, I appreciate that. Because I get, I get sad yeah. when I have to do yeah. it. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> okay. So we get a tiny clock. It's 157. Please take a drink. Um... We see people continue to set up on the uh, Warner's lawn for the wedding, and she walks in to see Reza hugging his parents, Bob being uh, looking very pensive, and she looks a little ashamed as Marie rushes in and hugs Reza. She says, oh, I'm so happy that we can get married today. And Reza just like under his breath says, I don't know, babe. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he, know- he knows that Big Bob's about to go down for this shit. Yeah. So Tony steps out of the dining room and says... Uh, Mr. Warner, can you step in here, please? And Kate just stares at Ray and says, what did you tell them? And Ray just says, I told them the truth. Mm. And then he and Marie and their parents walk away, leaving Kate just staring at Agent Richards. 
who. But why seems doesn't Marie have any? Marie doesn't give Marie a shit. Issues with the fact that her dad just got pulled in to be interrogated. Um, I I believe that we discussed that Marie was the epitome of of blonde white girl privilege in the last episode. What the mm-hmm. fuck does she care? Really? Well, because yeah. she's she's got to get married, and he's he's got to sign all the checks. Yeah, the che- the, the money the, will get for the vendors. I'm, sure, I'm sure he's already. Yeah, she paid doesn't. For you it. think she understands that, Michael? That's a good point. She doesn't also, know that Michael, money, actually. Also, Michael, Raysa is the CFO. That's true. So, he can take care of it. But all um, of his assets are going to be frozen when he goes to jail. She doesn't understand that either. You think she... God, you're right. Jesus. Do you, I mean, really? Do you, do you think Marie... Under, I'm, I'm sorry, Kate understands it, I'm sure. Mm. Marie hasn't understood anything since she was seven. She doesn't need to. Mm. And he's taking care of her. So... Okay, so before we get into this, because I, I have questions about Big Bob. Um, so we get a split screen. We see Kate standing alone in the foyer. We see Gary unconscious in the parking lot. Kim, Miguel, and Megan pile into his car. And we see the CTU van continuing towards the airport. And we see David Palmer in his office at the NROC. And um, in the van, Ed hangs up a phone call and tells Jack that the facility team is ready to go with a tactical unit and a field unit. And he continues to take a drink from the water bottle that uh, Jack gave him. He's sweating profusely. And he says, we'll have air traffic. And he, he seems to struggle to find his words. And Jack Use looks at him words, and says, Ed. you mean air traffic priority? He says, yeah, that's right. And he seems to be having trouble focusing. And he, he takes a deep breath. And Curtis, what happens next? Uh, Miller passed out, y'all. He been drugged. He just got so hot. We, he got so we hot. We all knew, right? He, like, <laughs> I knew it immediately when, yeah. he, when he handed him that water. I was like, ah, oh, Miller. Fuck. Mm-hmm. So Miller slumps over, leans onto Jack, and says, Jack, what? And he passes out and drops the water bottle on the ground. And Nina <laughs> is watching all of this happen. And <laughs> as as Jack lays Miller comfortably on the the padded seat next to him, what does he do? Oh God, he looks at Nina. She looks back at him. And and, and the look on Jack's face, y'all, means <laughs> as he cocks means his gun. One thing, cocks his gun. He looks at Nina. And fan of ours, Jack is back in his laughing place. He's mm. so happy. The smile on Jack's <laughs> face was a look of such like not bliss, but just like pure contentment. Yeah. <laughs> like knowing that he is fully fulfilled in his righteousness. Yeah, like, and also just so he was so proud of himself. You know, we described mm-hmm. him as a murderous puppy, but it's like it's like when the puppy's done something and he knows it's good. He knows mm-hmm. it's good. He doesn't know why he knows it's good. He just feels right no, about Michael. it. He knows that he's no, a good no, boy. No, y'all. Right. See, y'all are dog people. I myself have owned have owned a cat. Rest in peace, my boy Max. The, the the look on Jack's face is the look in in when your cat brings you a dead animal and looks at you mm. as if to say, "Why couldn't you do this? Why am I providing. so much better than you are?" That's the look on Jack's mm. face to Nina. Yes, you thought yeah, you I thought was... you had a protector in Miller. He <laughs> you believed oh. there was a shimmer of hope for you. <laughs> You fool. You're adorable. Or maybe right before the cat, right, right before the cat goes to knock the water right off the table, and you say, "No, cat, do not do that." And he does it anyways. Or, or, and then he looks at you like, 
You thought you were going to stop me from doing it? Or this? my case, a full yeah, glass never... of delicious Coca-Cola, ice cold, with some wings. Just, just I've... knocked it. Just... I've never seen a fox actually get inside of a hen house, but I, I think the look that Jack gives Nina is like the fox just like nestling himself in the corner of the hen house, just like putting a bib on, just like, mm-hmm, this is going to happen. I'm about to, I'm about to tear these hens. Whoop. Um, yeah, so Jack is fully in control of the situation now. We cut to 159 and 59 seconds. Fade to black. Oh, Goodness gracious. Now, I can't. Yeah. So Nina's Nina's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and so obviously Jack's going to handle his, his Nina, Nina business moving forward here. But I want to talk about Bob Warner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about Bob? Oh, Robert. So... So apparently he was transferring money. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten necessarily a nefarious vibe off of Bob. Do we think is he just a good actor? Was he trying to set Reza up? Does he know what he's doing? So the Warner wedding is not in LA proper. A little right? bit outside. So it's outside of LA. Bob's business is furniture? What is it? Some something? I don't know. I think I thought I didn't think. It was, let me see. You know, um, uh, head of Warner Enterprises, an international company. Um, yeah, it doesn't say what exactly. Yeah, it's an invest. He does investments. Um, Warner Industries, Warner Enterprises. It's, so it's pretty big. So company, the reason the reason like. that I thought that Papa Warner was the terrorist in the last episode is that um, first he told Kate that he'd already had Razor's background looked into, which sure, uh, you know, if you're going to bring somebody in as a CFO, you want to do that. But at the same time, Razor appears to be around 30 years old. Um, he's, he's 30 years old. He's, 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 he's Muslim and you're going to make him your CFO I just saw Bob is planning something like if you think back to if you guys think that back to Trading Day, great movie, Denzel and mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke, right? At the at, at the around the climax of that movie, when Ethan Hawke realizes that he's uh, full of PCP uh, and they've shot a person with his gun, realizing that he might say no. Ethan Hawke looks at Denzel Washington and says, you've been planning this all day. And he looks at him and says, son, I've been planning it all week. This shit is chess, not checkers. That's what, so Bob's been planning this for a bit, I think. He got the perfect foil, right? And he makes, he makes him sign off on the transfers because it's going to lead back to him. Now, the fact that Bob didn't leave the house when the CTU showed up, that's a little weird. If he's going to be a, maybe he thought he was that much of a bouse. I don't know, but. I think my thing is like, if Bob is that, like, if, if he's actually financing terrorists, like, it seems weird that he would make transfers, like he himself would make transfers from his own company and trust like his son-in-law to cover it up. Like it seems like he would be a little bit more like careful about it. Like this seems almost like if it wasn't Reza, it. I mean, but he'd been trying to raise his life. He probably bought that house for him that's and he's like marry his daughter. He's probably told him he was going to let him have the company. Like it's all these promises. A lot. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it just and seems plus, a little like I mean, ham-fisted, but. Yeah. I mean, it could have been something 
as innocuous as like, oh, you know, we're we're using some of this money for, you know, to try and dodge some taxes, which probably every company does. So Razor's like, yeah, whatever. Okay, I'll, I'll cover this shit up so we don't get extra taxes. Also, don't forget, shit. they literally don't know about this unless Kate has Razor's background checked today. That's a good point. That's good true. Good point. So, like, it wasn't that's easy true. to find. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Um, little trivia factoid. Apparently, the Warner House, the the uh, the home, uh, was once owned by both Bing Crosby and Andy Griffith. <laughs> All right. Okay, it's a pretty wholesome. It's a pretty wholesome household to be full of terrorists. That's what I'm saying. Mostly for the Andy Griffith. I was gonna part. say, was Bing it Bing Crosby? Crosby got- I, don't <laughs> I don't know. That's true or not. Bing. Bing might have got. Bing might have gotten yeah, some shit. I thought Bing I like know. beat his kid. Wasn't there, like, there was some bad about Bing Crosby. Andy Griffith's fine. <laughs> the man's Matlock for Christ's sake. He's Matlock. I mean, yeah. come on. All right, yeah. So, um, what are we thinking here in the next couple? Of hours? So, obviously, Jack is about to get on a plane with uh, Nina to Visalia to go meet uh, her contact. We, how I'm going to go gonna ahead go? and say we're not going to meet Mahmoud Faid or whatever his name is. Um, something's going to go weird in Visalia. Nina's going to get free somehow in the next couple episodes, and Jack's going to kill her, which is, that's fine. Mm. Uh, okay. Papa Warner is going to tell Tony to go fuck himself, probably. But, like, he'll do it so calmly and coolly. He'll, he'll, he'll either be cool, Dad, or be so, like, really obstinate that how dare you suspect me. That is going to ruin everything. Yeah. But we're going to have to end up hearing more Warners talking, which is just sad news. Um, it's a bummer summer. Um, okay, uh, so on that front, and I, I don't know how it's going to play out in the larger story, but so Curtis, do you think for a single moment that the government of, of Afghanistan or second wave terrorists shot down the ambassador's no, helicopter? What? No. How? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you think that was a government group? Paramilitary? Yes. Uh, paramilitary. No, okay. military. They just did it. They just military? did it. Military? Okay. <laughs> okay. And they okay. Just, did they how shoot you, it? You, was there, was, did anybody see a rocket? No one saw, well, not so far. We just know that the helicopter yeah. went. Yeah. Somebody just pulled the fucking line out of that. I, I just don't, I don't suspect that it was a. Someone just cut a fuel line or something? Like it just, we just killed him. Like, not that. Okay. Come on, man. All right. Fair enough. Well, um. Hey, do you remember, any, my, do you remember when I, when we were talking about Afghanistan's prime minister and I was telling you, uh, about how they haven't had a prime minister in some odd years and the last one that they did have died in a helicopter crash? Shortly after he was appointed. <laughs> That's very weird, hmm. huh? Pretty fucking <laughs> grim. <laughs> well, uh, beyond that, my and Michael, apparently we might have a roadmap for the future of this season. Any any predictions from either of you for what's coming next? Oh, um, man, Kim's going to do something stupid. Because wow, they bold. seem like they're pretty safe right now. Because they got they got everybody they got the car, you know Gary's knocked the fuck out. I, Kim's gonna find some way to fuck this up. Yeah, hot take, Michael. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gonna. I think. I think it's possible in the next couple episodes we're gonna see Jack kill somebody again, which I'm excited about. But is it gonna be Nina? No. Nina's gonna make it to the end of the season. Then he's gonna put two in the chest. Because. Uh, you know, that's she's got to go. Um, I yeah. think that we're going to hear another horrible Marie monologue, and that makes me sad. So, pretty, 
pretty good chance of that. Um, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think the next episode or two, we've had a couple slow ones recently. I think, uh, the next episode or two, we're gonna really let things pop off a little bit. So, well, fellas, I think well, that's I gonna say, do it if for it. Follows, if it follows the, uh, the, the pattern of the first season, then we might, might wrap up the, uh, I guess the initial story here in the, in the next next couple episodes or next uh I think they, yeah, they were, were renewed right? a little earlier this time. Yeah, I think they knew that they had a full season this time. <laughs> so, we'll see. But uh fellas, I think that's going to do it for us this week on uh Longest Days of Our Lives, almost at Trends in Low Places. Um if you want to know more about this show, you can find out more information at Good Buddy Media at Nope, god damn it. Sorry. You can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com, uh, or you can reach out to us at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com if you have a message for us or want to talk about a fan theory. Uh, we read every email we get and we love to talk to our fans. So if you have something you want to say on the show or have a, a theory you want to bounce off of Curtis, shoot it our way. We'll talk about it on the air. Um, and, uh, speaking of transcendental places, you can also listen to that show. It's our sister show in which Michael and I talk about dumb internet stories. Uh, that comes out every Thursday, just like this show. Um, so if you like this one, you'll probably like that show. Um, and, uh, Curtis, how else can people help us out? Yeah, guys, if you want to help us out, go ahead and subscribe to this show, Long Days of Our Lives, Entrance to Low Places, our sister show, uh, on your podcast app of choice, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, whatever you use to get that sweet, sweet audio every week, uh, please subscribe to our shows on that. And then when you do that, review, comment, and, uh, and, and like us, as it were. Uh, to get us moved up the charts so that we continue to bring you these shows free of charge and eventually become an absolute podcast juggernaut. Um, but mm-hmm. other than that, Michael, how can the folks find us on the old social medias? I'm the juggernaut, There it bitch. is. Wow. Uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at LDuelCast. Um, that's L-D-O-O-L cast. And, uh, you know, when you see us post on there, especially about the new episode, please retweet or share that. Um, that's the best way for you to let people know um, how to find us and, you know, how to, how to uh, you know, subscribe to these shows and how to help us out. Um, if you know any friends who might like 24 or maybe just might like people talking about TV shows, uh, you know, let them know about us. That's all I yeah. got. Yeah, that's fine. Should I tell you how many people die in the next episode? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Don't do it. Fair enough. Well, it's everyone... negative three. Actually, three people come back from the dead as Son zombies. of a bitch! Carl! Yeah, he, he... It's Carl, isn't Curtis, it? Curtis, the, sh- <laughs> the show gets pretty buck wild. Uh, well, fellas, I think that's going to do it for us this week. We're running out of time. Toodles. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> gobble, gobble. <laughs>